0: Claire. Mark Lewis-Francis has a chance of glory here. Mary Screen is coming. Mark Lewis-Francis gets it. I think. A gold medal for Great Britain. A gold medal for Jessica Rennes coming through to win the final event, the 800 metres.
1: Oh my goodness me, that's huge. That is absolutely massive from Tom Walsh. 22.90, Tom Walsh has gone fourth on the all-time list. Watch the clock, it's gold for Bolt. And again, he's done it again. A new world record for Usain Bolt.
0: Hello and welcome to the PB podcast. We're back with another episode and this episode is a bit of a special one because if you didn't know, um, how you don't know, uh, the Olympics has started, Uh, well it has started but the athletics is coming up very very shortly and this is what we're going to be focusing on. As always, I'm Robert Lee, I'm joined by Scott and Xander, my two very trusty colleagues. So gentlemen, uh, welcome, this fine Sunday evening, how are we feeling?
1: All good, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, not too bad. Had a bit of a heat wave, so I'm a bit more tan now. But uh, yeah, the the, s- the squashy tan lines are out in force again.
0: The squashy tan lines for you, Scott. Me and Zander, we're all right. We're, we've we seem to have tanned okay. Well, I, I can only speak for myself, really. But... <laughs> Some of <laughs> but us like ex- the Olin. <laughs> <laughs> but are we excited for the athletics starting at the Olympics next Friday, the thirtieth of July?
1: Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to what will be a very unique Olympics, that's for sure. Um, we've had a usual build-up of athletes missing out for reasons for whether they don't want to travel because of COVID or simply because they messed up at their own champs and they weren't able to qualify. Um, but, and also, you know, the fact that there's going to be no crowd at an Olympics... It's going to be very interesting indeed. But I think we could still get some very good performances.
0: Oh, It could be an even more embarrassing reason as your country picked too many of your disciplines to go. It's what happened to the Polish swimmers. Um, Scott, are you excited for the athletics to get underway in the Olympics?
2: Uh, well, I think it's been so, such a long build-up, whether where the, you know, the, the spark for some people has, has been taken out. I'm... As much as excited, I'm more intrigued, to be honest, because like we said, it's, it's going to be an unusual one. It's going to be about who can handle the situation the best, um, who can handle the, the heat and the humidity the best as well. I've been told that it's 37 degrees and over 80 percent humidity at the moment over there. Um, so especially for the endurance and the distance events, uh, that's going to be Bit of a problem, I'd say for for some if they've not had the time to acclimatise. But yeah, I'm more, probably more intrigued than excited to be honest. I'm I'm just wondering. Some events have been blown wide open, like we said, due to problems at having having their Olympic trials at certain countries and the COVID regulations. And then obviously, there's been a few headline stories in terms of people being suspended for whatever reason, which I'm sure we'll get on to for a little bit later. And um, but yeah, I think it's going to be probably the most interesting Olympics we've had in a while. Um, in in terms of who's going to win, I think hopefully as well, it's going to be the most unpredictable as well.
0: Yeah, and if if you've not been watching the Olympics, it is already underway. There's already been medals galore being dished out, heats, heats and heats and heats and qualifiers and semi-finals already happening. Um, but the athletics is what we're focusing on as we are the pb podcast a little bit of admin before we crack into breaking it down event by event if you are planning on watching the athletics just be warned because of the time difference it is a bit of an early start for some of the sessions and i mean one o'clock in the morning early start if you want to watch the heats and the qualifiers uh so what is traditionally the morning session is 1am till 4 30 a.m so it really is a morning session for us And then what would be their evening session starts around 11 a.m for us and we'll run on to the early afternoon one to half past two three o'clock so if you're working from home sneaking on the big telly you know put your laptop in front of it just mute it when you go on your zoom calls there's another bit of life admin for you but we're going to get stuck right in and um, we're we're not everybody probably tunes into this event tunes into these events i should say at the olympics pretty much without fail because it takes up so little of the time on the clock normally about 10 or 11 seconds faster in some years uh, we're going to jump straight into the um the, the sprints the 100 and the 200 meter sprints and um fellas have you got any predictions people to watch is there anything that you're really looking forward to and is there any british athletes that you know we should be rooting for because they've got a really, really good chance of not only meddling but potentially maybe nicking a gold?
2: Uh, yes, I think, I think you're right there, Rob. I think for the first time in a long while, we're going to have in both the men's and the women's 100 metres especially, I think we've got a genuine chance of getting, you know, Maybe not just one, but two people at least into the final. In terms of the medals, obviously, that's very difficult to predict um, because a, a lot of it, as I said previously, is who can handle the pressure of that final the best. Um, I think in the men's 100 metres, in terms of Brits, I think we've got a very good chance with Zanel Hughes and CJ Ujjar, and as well the returning Rhys Prescott, who is um, he's finding time every single time. He's come back from injury and he's finding more and more time every every time he gets on the track for races. I think he ran up in Gateshead in the B B final, in the B race. And uh, he took, I think, two and a half tenths off his season's best. So he's certainly finding form at the right time. Um, in terms of the women's, of course, we've got Dina Ashersmith. smith There's not, not really much else to say. Dina's going to be not just in and around the medals. She's going to be gunning for the gold. She's got stiff uh, competition from the legend, I'm going to use the word legend, that is Shelley on Fraser-Price, um, once again she's turned out and she's run unbelievably quickly and ran a PB at you know this stage in her career after having a child a couple of years ago, and she's come out again and she's the world leader, and I've, I do have my medal predictions, and I'm sure Xander has his as well, um, a couple of surprises in there, a couple of people who are the heavy favourites, but I think What's amazing about the 100 this year is, in my opinion, the women's 100-meter race is more exciting than the men's.
0: Well, I think you need to elaborate on that a little bit more there.
2: No, well, I, I think...
0: just leave it on that.
2: <laughs> I think if we're looking, you know, if you look at the times that a lot of the, the women are running now, you look at the world rankings, you know, there's a lot of women who've run not just sub-11 seconds, but they've run sub-10.9. You know, I think we seriously could say that everyone in that final, in the women's 100 meter final, we could easily have all eight women under 11 seconds easily. Um, I think to to get a medal, I think you are going to have to run sub 10.9 just to get a medal. Um, my, my medal predictions: gold. I've had to go for shelly anne Fraser-Price. I've had to. She knows how to perform on the big stage. Um, she's coming in here with form, with 10.71, 10.70, I think it was, in her legs, uh, maybe even quicker. And I think she's not a heavy favourite, but I think if there's somebody you would have to, or you would have to put a lot of money on, you would put your money on Shelley Ann Fraser Price. Second, I've gone for Elaine Thompson, and third for the bronze, I've gone Dina. Um, I think I think Dina knows how to execute a race well. I think this is her time as well after Doha a couple of years ago, um, and I think she will be on that podium.
0: And and speaking of Dina Asher-Smith, we we saw her have that absolutely legendary showdown against Harry Richardson is the 100 meter final potentially slightly weaker because of the fact that shikari richardson's not there if you if you've not heard uh, the news you know she she accepted a one month uh, uh, doping ban so there goes that that uh, you know current run of not mentioning drugs and doping um Long. exactly zander <laughs> um but is zander i want to come to you on this one is is 100 meters a little bit you know We've lost a little bit of that spark because shikari is not going to be there and we're not we're not kind of defending shikari she's done what she's done she's serving a ban for it but is she has it taken a little bit of excitement away from that women's 100
1: it's probably taken a bit of the showmanship aspect of it away you know she when when shikari richardson came to the track she she likes to make it her stage, you know. It seems to similar to what Bolt did, you know. He 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 made it his his own stage and right. It's about me. Uh, it's it's my time. It's me. She did the similar thing. You, you when you look at Shelly Ann Fraser Price and you look at Dina, they don't they don't really do that sort of thing. Like I've listened to podcasts and interviews from Dina, and she she's clearly just not up into that sort of thing. And she's just about right. Yeah, you 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 all can do your own showmanship stuff, but. I'm going to do my own race. I'm sticking to what I can do. So, yeah, I think it will lack that bit of flair maybe, but certainly won't lack any of that quality that we are looking for in an Olympic final. You know, as, as Scott said, Shelly and Fraser-Price is absolutely incredible in, in terms of what form she's bringing into this after what she's been through the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, you've got the likes of Sharika Jackson, who's sort of the next one in Jamaican sprinting, who's who's running damn quick as well with, uh, of a 1077 the uh, the other week so you know uh, it's it's still going to have its flair it's just it won't have that sort of american swagger that Sh- shikari richardson would have would have brought
0: that's a very very interesting point and sometimes uh, especially with there's no crowd a bit of showmanship would have been would have stood out even even further at the Olympics. Um, Speaking of sprints, we're going to change it up a little bit. Unless, Sandy, you wanted to add anything to the 200-metre debate that Scott's kind of just thrown in there. Any predictions from you before I move
1: on? Uh, well, obviously, I'm backing up the fact that Dina will get a medal. Uh, I'd like to think she will. Um, uh, well, and the names I've mentioned previously, Shariki Jackson, I think she'll she'll get in over Elaine Thompson. I think. I think Elaine Thompson's still not quite up what she was a couple of years back. Um the other one to look out for would be Talu, who likes a good championship. She's not got the quickest time out there, but she always uh, tends to be one who sneaks in under the radar when it comes to the finish line. So we'll see. It's gonna be interesting.
0: It is it is gonna be interesting. And Scott, did you did you give us your predictions or do you want to add anything? A bit finer, a bit more
2: no, as well as I said, I've, I've mentioned my women, my my women's predictions for hundred meters. I've I've probably gone a bit left field with it. For for the gold, I have gone for Trayvon Bramell, who's probably the bookie's favourite. At the moment, leading the world rankings um, with obviously no Christian Coleman there. He's taken over the mantle. Um, Silver, I've gone for somebody who's he's, he's probably been the bridesmaid over the last few championships. But I've gone for the South African, uh, Akinis Simbine. He's been in multiple world and Olympic finals, always comes fifth or fourth, just misses out on the medal. But this year he's run a PB. Um, and bronze... I've gone for I've gone a bit patriotic here, but the, the bronze I've gone for Zarnel Hughes to sneak in there. I think if Zarnel Hughes can sneak a good start in there, I think he's got the potential to sneak in with the bronze. Like I said, it is a bit left field, and it's more I guess it's no offense to Zanell, it's probably a little bit more with hope than uh, than anything. But I, I think he's got the potential. But then again, so have eight other athletes. You know, I only need to say the, the the name Johan Blake to you who have who have missed out of this list. <laughs> he's gonna be in there. And he's he as I said in an interview recently, like it was at the Jamaican trials, I am not leaving that stadium without a medal. So he could be there for years if he doesn't get one. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sat there saying, I'm not leaving. Anyone
0: um, a chocolate medal that we can just give to him. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: obviously moving into the two hundred, um, I've I've gone for the men's Noah Lyles. I think he's the man to beat. Definitely, I've gone for an American one-two-three. To be honest with you, uh, I've gone for Noah Lyles, Kenneth Bednarek, and then I've gone for the. Um, is he is he eighteen years old? Eighteen years old. The eighteen. Arian the, Knighton. Or, Arian Knighton. The times that he's running at eighteen years old, and I've I've gone for him to sneak in there for a bronze. I think if you've got the form, it doesn't really matter how old you are, especially in the sprints. If you can run quick enough and execute doesn't matter how old you are in the women's 200 the win i think that's going to be very close but for the win i've gone for shawnee milawebo from the bahamas the 400 meter specialist
0: there you go there are your predictions from Xander and scott i'm not going to put mine in there because mine are be patriotic because it's going to be ticked green great Britain <laughs> all the way there's nothing wrong i'll say scott there's nothing wrong with a bit of being patriotic and living off hope great things we have been, great things have been built on hope uh, we are going to change up uh, some of the, the the events now, and we're going to move to the hurdles. And, Xander, I don't really need to say anything more, but Grant Holloway? Can, I, can we look past him, or is it just going to be a Grant Holloway day for the 110? I think it's...
1: it's Yeah, we were speaking a little bit about this before, weren't we? And, uh, yeah, so, sadly, it, it probably is going to be a Grant Holloway blow away, to be honest, unless something drastic happens. Which right, obviously... we,
0: before, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can we get that on a t-shirt? The Grant Holloway blow-away. <laughs> market that up now, sell it to him, and we'll take, I'll, I'll take 20%, because that's going to take millions.
2: <laughs> it sounds like something that's come from a flip chart based meeting, hasn't it, really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. Tweet it now. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, Xander, I interrupted.
1: No, it's all right. But it's, yeah, because the, the next guy who, who would have been super close to him would have been Omar McLeod, who, yeah, he he sadly messed up his, his champs, basically. He, he is, you know, he, he's second in, his, well, sorry, third in the rankings, but he, uh, he's that big time performer you'd have thought would be the one to potentially ruffle Grant Holloway's feathers, but, sadly, he's not even qualified. He, he's, he's, I, Instagrammed and tweeted about the fact that he the the final for the, for their 110 meter hurdles was at like eight o'clock in the morning. He didn't get any sleep, and that he he messed up. And he, it was his one chance for getting through again. And he, he would have had a great chance of getting up there with Grant Holloway, I think. But he, yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be. I mean, Orlando Otega, another one who could be an interesting one to mix things up in a championship so he likes I remember in Ndawari he, he was in the mix again for getting a medal and we had that fall for Momum Cloud um so it's I I do kind of hope it gets a bit more of a mix up not just Grant Holloway just blitzing through but if he does just blitz through let's see a world record shall we I mean come I mean, on we all want lovely. it what
0: well, would be lovely that wouldn't it if we got yep. that and then we would just keep tweeting Grant Holloway away. And it would have to be a thing then. It would have to be a thing, and we, we will not stop tweeting it until it becomes a thing. Uh, yes. Scott, you mentioned the name before for the four hundred hurdles, Warholm. Casting Warholm.
2: Yeah, we'll I got older. I think if there's a, a hurdles race at these Olympics, um, that's going to be a runaway victory, as good as Grant Holloway is. Uh, I think by the time Carsten Valholm crosses the line, I think there'll be more daylight between him and second place than there will be between Grant Holloway and his second place. Um, obviously, there's it's, it's a 400 hurdles. It's one of the most grueling events out there. There's potentially, you know, because it's so much longer, there's potentially a lot that could go wrong. But I think he's in such a rich vein of form that I can't really see. And I don't think we've ever really seen many chinks in his armour. We've, ne- we've never really seen him make mistakes at big championships. We've never seen him make mistakes even in Diamond Leagues. Um, he just goes out there and just goes over there. He's, he's, he's literally like a, a robot. He's a machine. He just The gun goes, he goes up there, he does his thing, and he wins. He just wins. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter who's going on the track up against him. He wins. If they're going to run a season's best then he's just going to run quicker than that. It's as simple as that. Um, I think Norway are going to be, I think he's going to be the poster boy for Norway athletics for many years to come, but especially this year. Um, yeah, and I think that's going to be exciting. Women's 400 hurdles, obviously we've seen a, a world record go in that as well. Uh, I think that's going to be a little bit closer though. Obviously really? Zand will be able to elaborate on that more as a, as a hurdle specialist, but I think that's going to be a little bit closer. I think that could be the race where the world record goes. Again, um which
1: is what we want to see. We want to see some world records at this Olympics.
0: Sander, women's four hundred meter hurdle. yeah,
1: w- 400 hurdles. Yeah, women's four hundred hurdles. Sadly, again, it's another, it's another event where it's going to be a US one-two at least. It's another one of those. But you're right, Scott. I think it's another one of those where, Sin mclaughlin or Dalia Muhammad could break the world record in that race dead, for sure. Uh, who does it? Who knows? Obviously, McLaughlin's younger and has broken the world record more recently. But you have to remember, Mohammed, she she broke the world record in Doha, you know, in a pretty outright run compared to the rest of the field. So it's it that's definitely going to be one of those tasty ones where if they get through the qualifying pretty smooth, who gets through smoother? Who gets who reserves most energy? during during those qualifiers um, but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a USA 1 2 at least it's got to be unless there's but as as you said before Scott that hurdles is one of those events where especially 400 hurdles you mess up your stride pattern a tiny bit you know you and you, you clip a hurdle you're done like you could not even if you don't fall you've ruined your momentum and you, you could just lose that touch that you need so getting that win, it's uh, yeah another one which could be a very very tasty race.
0: And there is a reason why the four hundred meter hurdles is called the man killer. It, it it's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> It look, it's one of them that it, you, you sit at home and if you're an amateur and some people go, I could probably do that. Probably do. you watch that and you go. No, I most definitely could not do that. <laughs>
2: <To> <laughs> I thought categor- to. to, to- to say it from a thrower's point of view, the 400 hurdles is one of those events where, when we're doing our comp or we've finished our comp, we're putting our trainers back on, and the 400 hurdles race goes past every single one of us as shot putters sits there, looks at each other, and just goes, "Why would you choose to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> that's how to describe that event from a thrower's point of view. Why would you choose to do that? 400, 400 meters is bad enough, yeah. but then where do you put a lot of barriers in your way, make it harder? Totally.
1: Tear- <laughs> oh, to be fair, I, I when I was competing, I, I always found the 400 flat was harder than the 400 hurdles. Just because it's that flat race of you, you just give absolutely everything. Whereas in a 400 meter hurdles, I mean, I probably never ran it properly enough. But you've got a stride, stride pattern you have to try and stick to. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're sort of flat out running. But then again, I clearly wasn't running it properly. Um, but I always found it was a little bit easier in that sense. That you know, you've got that break of a hurdle, and then you you think about your stride pattern rather than right. I need to absolutely be dead on the floor, like all the way through. But
0: that's, that's an interesting point. Maybe we need to get some 400 meter hurdlers and some 400 meter flat runners on and thrash it out. That's that's what we're going to do. We'll, we'll, we'll try and find some people on to talk about that on, on this podcast. There you go, let's get some guests on. Um, in terms of uh British athletes, um. I'd like to say you know a bit a bit of sympathy does go out to Jessie Knight having to self isolate as soon as she got to Japan. That's a bit of a, a bit of a tough gig. That as soon as you land straight into to isolation. Uh, British athletes though, are there any that we should be keeping an eye on?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say the big one to look out for is the women's eight hundred. I'd I'd say I'd probably say because we've got a good few girls who. I've got a, gr- a young as well, like all under 23, who have got a great chance of meddling. Um, I think we've mentioned her before on the podcast, Keely Hodgkinson. Is it, she's only I think she's only 18 still. Um, and she's been tweeting and, and posting on interviews and stuff recently. Why not me? Why not me? Why can't I get get a medal? And she is one of those who... She she turns up for those big events, you know. She she really puts on that performance. So that'd be very interesting to see if eighteen-year-old uh, Keeley could could get a get a medal in the Olympics for us.
2: I think I think we've got a good chance of getting three British women in that final actually as well. Oh, definitely. With the, with the times that they've just run as well, we've got Gemma Reekie who's just run a one fifty six, chasing Laurie Muir home for, in in Monaco, and then obviously Keeley's run a one fifty seven, and then. Um, Couple of weeks ago, I was at the Trafford Grand Prix, um, and Alex Bell was there doing an 800. She's just been a late call up to the Olympic team, and she ran a PB as well <laughs> that night. So um, yeah, I think if they can carry that form into the heat, into the Olympics, and into the rounds, I think we've got a good chance of getting, you know, at least at least two into the final. But why not
1: three? Yeah. Well, I think that's that's always the heartbreaking thing with the likes of 800 meters up is that yes, you have these rounds. And also, the rounds can just be so tactical, like, uh, varying in tactics, because you could get some where, obviously, it's, like, usually top three who qualify in the race to the next round, and you could have a race where they just absolutely plod for 600 metres, and then absolutely blitz the last bit. and 200-metre burn-up. Or, you could just get a bunch of people who go, no, I'm just going to lead from the off, I'm just going to take it out straight away and then people are knackered for the next round um or they some people just miss out because they just weren't expecting it so i've always found that a bit interesting in terms of the longer distance races in 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 those sort of championships it you could be one of the best people in the world you get boxed in at the wrong time and you miss out on that burnout it's it's your champs are done you know it's so interesting those uh, tactical rounds going through you just got to trust you You can battle through them and get into the right place at the right time.
0: And it's proof as well that, you know, you can't just turn up and watch the final because you need to find out how the athletes got there and if you've missed anything juicy like that in the heats or the qualifiers. I am going to thoroughly back Keely Hodgson, by the way. And, Scott, you'll probably be thoroughly backing her as well as a fellow Wiganer. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to, we're going patriotic. We're going hyper-local patriotic on this. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Wigan
0: yeah. support Wiganers, Xander, and adopting you as a Wiganer. You support Wigan Athletic, so you know that counts for me.
1: Yes, so man.
0: there you go, Ojksinson. Even can't can't say it because I'm from <laughs> Wigan. <laughs> Hodgkinson. Um, Hodgkinson. There's no H in it. It's just an O. <laughs> um, yeah, she's going to do well. She's going to do super well. That's what. That's what. That's what it's, it's going to be. Yeah. Now we spoke about some sprints, long distance. We'll come onto the throws and the jumps a little bit later on. But for the next bit, we're going to combine all of them together, talk about some multi-events. And Zander, I'm going straight back to you for the decathlon. And how much should people really be watching? Because I do feel like the multis are slightly forgotten about. Uh, I know they got a bit of a profile raise with Jess Ennis in London with the heptathlon, but how much should people be watching the decathlon and the heptathlon this year?
1: Yeah, they should definitely be watching both. I mean, in terms of british involvement there's n- there's none in the de- decathlon sadly uh in terms of the women's heptathlon obviously kjt is going out um she she has publicly said that she's not 100 percent fit it's it which is a shame because obviously we, we've spoken about it for the last few, couple of years about her battle with nafi tm um, but it is sort of looking like Tiam is going to run away with it again The beautiful thing about multi-events is things can go wrong, you know, as KJT has done in the past where she's got three no-jumps in long jump, you know, or you could get three no-throws in javelin and stuff like that or get DQ'd in the hurdles and then, you know, your your multi-events screwed, basically. But I think the men's decathlon is going to be super interesting. Um, Damian Warner... Went out this year and smashed his own PB and narrowly missed out on uh, go, going past that legendary barrier of nine thousand points by five points earlier in the year. It was so close, so close. But bearing in mind he's, you know, he's not he's no spring chicken. i he's 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 been in the game a lot a while now um, compared to the likes of Kevin Mayer. Uh, but he's still smashing out PBs, it's incredible, so I think the fact that he's gone out and put that that total down of 8995 should get Mayer quaking in his boots because yes, Mayor's one of those who's gone past that 9000 barrier and obviously broken the world record um, he, he's got to be fit and raring to go, because in Doha he was not fit and raring to go and um, and obviously he bailed out of Doar and Nicholas Cowell actually came and uh, stomped on his parade. And Nicholas Cowell could be another one this in this champ so could surprise a couple of people. He certainly did in Doar. He was sort of mid, sort of mid to high field, and then just had a good last few events and brought it back. So it's it's going to be a very interesting one. But I agree with what you say in terms of the because especially when it's happening you you, you t- they're obviously doing their field events in between sessions when people might not be tuning in you know and most broadcasters aren't actually broadcasting it they just sort of go oh here's a highlights reel of the men's discus uh decathlon discus there you go and now we're going to go to the last few events
0: so this is a, really a plea that we need to say to the to the broadcasters <laughs> is please spend less time talking in the studios have the cameras running and oh well, it goes for all events really um but especially the multis and i know scott you've been very vocal before about the fact that the field events the throws events uh, have also been overlooked by some broadcasters please please don't because we watched it on the live stream at uh, me news under the uh men's uh i want to say heptathlon <laughs> the indoors this year the world indoors, yeah. was it european this year? european yeah. european yeah. and we were gripped because we were messaging like it was every second there was a message going that <laughs> wasn't forward and uh it it is one of them events that once you are drawn into it you just can't get away from it it's there's a bit of everything for it and it's it and like i said it only takes one thing to go wrong and suddenly, the the whole game can be blown wide open. But that is athletics in general. Uh, Scott, I know you're going to be watching it as well because you just watch everything when it comes to athletics. Um, we we've, we've Xander's already mentioned uh, Tiam for the for the heptathlon. Yep. How just how much is she going to potentially run away with this? Uh, if it goes right, I should say.
2: I think I'm not sure whether it, in terms of. Running away with it in terms of winning by a massive margin. I think if, if you're asking me, do I think she will win it? It would be a case of yes. Would I put a lot of money on because I'm that confident that she would win? I'd probably say yes, I would. Um, I think she's out of all the athletics events, like we said, probably not been spoken about as much as it should. I think she's one of the more heavier favourites. For. Uh, of all the events. Um I'd certainly certainly put a good amount of my savings on her to to win it. Um in terms of the British interest, and i spoke about KJT that um obviously she's going out, she's not hundred percent fit, but looking at the glass half full, she's going out with no pressure. You know, there's been a lot of pressure on KJT, you know, to go out and win at Doha. And she did, she went out and did the business. Um there was a lot of pressure in Rio to win at the Olympics and she came away with no medal, unfortunately. Um, but obviously, going out there, you know, she's made public that I'm I'm not 100% fit. I'm not confident of going in there with a medal shout, but I'm going and I'm going to go and compete. Um, and I think she'll surprise herself, to be honest. You know, if if she's got it in her head that she's probably going to be around, you know, 10th or 9th, I think she'll be, you know, around the 5th or 6th mark easily. You know, and like Xander said, if it only takes a couple of people within medal shouts to have, you know, one disastrous event and it'll throw her back into medal contention. Look, we we know she's not going to win and she's, I don't think she's expected to get anywhere near a win, obviously. Um, it'd be tough enough to win if she was in the form of her life coming up against Tia, but I think she'll surprise herself. I think she'll probably do better than she thinks because there's no pressure on her at all to um, go out there and, and, and get a medal. Um, you know, I remember Jess Ennis when she came back from having a child in Beijing a few years ago at the Worlds. She won the gold simply by being consistent throughout all the events. You know, she she, had, she didn't perform a PB or outstanding in across all seven events, but she put a good solid mark down. And whilst other people's heads were falling off around her, she kept steady and, and took the gold. So sometimes that's what it takes at a championships with the multi-events, I guess. But I, I think KJT will do better than she thinks.
0: And there you go. There, there are some very, very wide words from both Xander and Scott. And like I said, if you can tune into the multis, please 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 do because they are superb events and uh very much good fun to watch because i said there's a bit of something going on all the time and you can just enjoy it um speaking of something to enjoy scott we've spoken about him a lot this year already uh he's broke the world record but we're gonna come to we're gonna come to shop put. ryan krauser is is he gonna do it or is it Walsh going to step up to the mark and are we going to have an absolute clash of the Titans in the shot put?
2: Well, I think in, in in terms of my predictions, this is probably strangely being the one that I've toed and froed with the most as the months have gone on. Um, uh, when I first started thinking about who's going to be my prediction for the top three, there it was Krause, Kovacs and Walsh. As the season's gone on, obviously, Ryan Krause has gone on to break the world indoor record, the world outdoor record, called it, just saying. Um, and obviously, he's, he's being chased by Joe Kovacs, whose 22m72 throw that he's performed this year has now been made to look a little bit ordinary by Ryan Krause's 23-37 world record at the US Trials. You know, when, when he was popping 22 in qualification at the Trials for the final, I think we all thought it could be on here. And finally, he did it. Um you know, there's, there's, with, with Tom Walsh, he's probably not had the season that he wanted in terms of build-up, but recently he's broken the 22-metre mark. Uh, he's broken the 22-metre mark to go fourth in the world rankings this year. It looks like he's peaking at the right time. So after all this and and saying, right, I'm going to take Walsh out and put Darlene Romani in, I've come full circle, and I've gone for Crozer first, Kovac second, Tom Walsh third. Um, so... And I think the Olympic record has has got to go to whoever who wins. I think Ryan Crazier will definitely beat that, his own Olympic record. So that's going to be going. Um, but yeah, I've come full circle. That's my top three. I think it's going to be exciting. Obviously, we've got Scott Lincoln in there, British interest. Um, Hope, hope Scott, all the best. Scott was at Trafford uh, a couple of weeks ago, having a last little tune-up, ready to go out there to Tokyo. We've seen some videos of him training with Sophie McKinna out there. Um, So all the best to Scott to go out there and, we, we all want him to make the final. I think it's going to be tough, like making a final is, you know, he's first time we have had somebody in the men's shot for a long time. Um, you know, Scott's PB of 21, 28. I think if he can get up near that in qualification, I think he's going to have a pretty good chance of getting in there, but I think he understands it's going to be tough and I hope him all the best. Women's shot. Um, obviously I've just mentioned Sophie McKinna So Sophie mcKinna taking the British title again, um, throwing well over 18 metres. I think we could see Sophie in the final. Uh, a medal is going to be a long shot, um, especially when you look who's just returned to the event um, in recent months. But I think we could see Sophie in the final there. In terms of the medals for the women's shot, I've gone for Lily Xiaogong Gong from China again. She's she's leading the world by a little bit. She's got a bit of daylight. Second, I've gone for Ariel Dongmo, the European Indoor champion, and for the bronze. I've gone for my favourite women's shot putter of all time, Valerie Adams. Um, she's back in the sport after having a second child, and she's already throwing um, over nineteen metres. You know, uh, I I I'd, I'd be very very happy for Valerie to go out there and get a medal, but I think she's got a realistic shot. <laughs>
0: Realistic shot indeed, and it could be at the Olympics that it's just that kind of elevation and that kind of big event that she you needs. Um, you've not actually spoken about the discus, there, uh, Mister Scott. You normally you're normally well prepared. On, well, the, on both see,
2: the discus, obviously we've got Lawrence Akaya in there for Great Britain. Lawrence has come back from a career in American football to to take up the discus again, and uh, I've seen him actually at. My my training track at Trafford, he's come to a lot of the open meetings there and seen somebody throw 66 metres, Nick Percy was coming down as well um, and throwing 64, 65, 66 metres at at a track where he's throwing it and nearly landed it on the track he's throwing that far. (laughs) Very impressive to watch. Um, I think Lawrence is an outside shot for the final, throwing over 67 metres this year. In terms of the medals, I've gone for Daniel Stahl from Sweden. Second, I've gone for his training partner, also from Sweden, Simon Pettersson. So I think we're going to get a Swedish one too. And third, I've gone for sort of an outsider, Christian. I don't know how to pronounce his second name. I'm really sorry. It's spelled C-E-H from Slovenia. Uh, He is Slovenia, Slovakia. I think it's Slovenia. Um, uh-huh. So You've got that right, otherwise. I hope I've got it right. That's why I said. <laughs> he's, currently, he's currently number two in the world rankings. There's only two people who've gone over 70 metres, and Christian's one of them, but I've gone for him for a bronze medal. Women's discus, probably a little bit more exciting than the men's, um, and a little bit closer. But I've gone for Valerie Allman, um, from America to take the gold uh Perez from cuba to take the silver and bronze the championship performer sandra perkovic from croatia to, to take the bronze probably not the superpower that she has been over the last decade but i think she's still good enough to uh, take a bronze in the discus
0: very very interesting and again two more events split over men and women that you really really should be tuning into because we could be seeing some really good throws uh potentially ryan Krause might step up again could he be tickling that world record and Olympic record? Just take them both.
2: You'd like to think so. We hope like so anyway. To, you'd like
0: to think so. Zander, have you got any anybody that you've been keeping an eye on with shot a disc? Or are you pretty much content with what Scott said? Has he covered it up? It's pretty comprehensive what he's been saying, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah, pretty comprehensive. Uh, I think, yeah, Chef um, from uh, Slovenia will be is the interesting one in terms of the men's discus. Um, he's still a young kid, to be fair to him. I think he's still under 23. Um, or might have just come out of that age group and he improved his PB by a good couple of metres this year um, so he re- he's really burst onto discus scene uh, in terms of the seniors this year, it'd be a very interesting one to watch and I agree in terms of the, the women's discus um, that could be a very good one as well um, as Scott said, Perez could, could well be up there, she's performed at numerous championships against uh, Perkovic and yeah, Perkovic uh, yeah, she, she she hasn't been on it as much. I don't know what, what's been going on with her in terms of background stuff, obviously, but um, she has just dropped to touch recently. And it would be on interesting to see, um, we've mentioned her before, uh, Jorinda van Klinken, the Dutch girl who threw um, 71 metres this year. Um, it'd be interesting to see if, if she can replicate that. As we've, we've mentioned her before on the podcast, uh, she threw in America that distance, I think it was. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if she kicks in with that again. Um, but in terms of um, other throws, obviously Javelin, one of my favourites.
0: I was just about to say, you must have been looking over my shoulder because I was just looking down I was like, other throws, Veta, is what I was about
1: to say. <laughs> and I was about
0: to come to you again about the Javelin. So I will let you carry on.
1: Yeah. Um, again, it's another one of those events where and there's there's a good, there's even events we haven't mentioned yet where we know there's going to be a certain runaway winner potentially. Um, again, it's it's it could it could well be the Veta show as it has been most of the season. However, we have noticed that he has wavered a touch in the last couple of comps. He hasn't thrown over ninety meters. He's still won, but you know he needs to get his act together, Lord. Yeah, come on. But you know it just. I just worry that it it could be the same situation as Doar where he's throwing big distances leading into the champs and then just the conditions aren't perfect for him and he just somehow messes up. Obviously, I hope that's not the case because, you know, we always want those big top performances. Um, so, I, you know, we, we always like to see Veta, see if we can break the world record. We want to see a world record in every event, let's be honest. Um, and he's got a great chance of doing it. I hope he does carry this incredible form he's had this season um, of throwing over 90 meters consistently um, into potentially a world record. In terms of who who comes along after, um, we've got the likes of Marcin Krakowski who from Poland who' he's, he's been around for a while. he's he's always been around that sort of 86, 87 meter range. But a few weeks back, he threw 89.55 and really chucked himself up there in terms of, right, I could, right, right time and place. I could, I could actually challenge here. Yes, it's not the 90 metres, but, you know, he, he could well challenge for that, for that, uh, that medal, you know. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite a
2: diverse event in terms of nationalities, and men's javelin as well. I was looking at the rankings lists and there's, you look at the the nations that they're from. We you know we've got German, we've got some Europeans, but then there's athlete. There's an athlete from Chinese Taipei. There's an athlete from Pakistan who's in the top ten in the world at the moment. Um, in some of the throws events, uh, there's uh, a couple of Indian athletes who've yeah. really stepped up. Um, and then there's um, I can't remember which Olympics he won. It might be twenty. Was it Kashan? Is it Walcott from Trinidad and Tobago? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I think it was. I think it was London, wasn't
2: it? It London. You know, he was a surprise Olympic champion in London. He's up there. Could he do it again? Yeah.
1: Don't know. Yeah, I think one to look out for in terms of those like just different nations uh, is an Indian athlete Neeraj Chopra, who again he was. He, I think he actually has the world record for under twenties um, javelin, and he's slowly been culminating over the last few years. And this year he's pumped out an eighty-eight meter throw, um, and he's been consistent in that sort of eighty-six and above range. Again, he's another one who you know, time and place, he, he could, well, just punch, hit the wind right and punch a 90-metre throw, potentially. Who knows? That's the great thing about Javelin. You get the right conditions, right amount of buzz. You know, you might just absolutely ping one. Um,
0: or, or, like you said, if, if Vetter's not, not throwing 90-plus, suddenly you've, you've, you've busted a whole event wide open, really. If you've got people that are actually buzzing around that 87 to 89-metre mark, that's a... Yeah, two metres sounds a lot but yeah. if you've got four or five people covering that distance and, and then within centimetres of each other, all it takes is a like you said, in the wind, right? And suddenly we might have a surprise winner.
1: Speaking of which, um obviously in the women's javelin, uh Maria Andje- Andrzejczyk, sorry, um, who pushed out a seventy one metre throw this year, again another one who she she improved her P B by a, a metre or two in with that throw. Um Again, she's she in terms of ranking, she's a good couple of metres above people, but because of that one throw, um, that not necessarily because she's consistently throwing up there. So I think the women's javelin could be a very interesting one because obviously you've got uh, Kel- Kelsey Lee Barber, who's from Australia, who's very good as well, um, who, again, in Doha, punched out a, a great, great throw to get a medal. Um, again, javelin's just one of those where you get the conditions right it could be a wide open competition. Um, and I hope we do get some pretty good throws and pretty interesting competition with that.
0: Yeah, and, and we hope so. And that's what we want. If you, you're watching this as a, as a neutral, you want the closest final in, in every in every event that, that is going on. If you are specialised in one event, in particular like Scott is with short put and like Xander is with the decathlon, you are wanting to see the best people perform at the very, 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 very best. Uh, one throw that we've not really mentioned, uh, hammer throw. Have we got any predictions? Have we got anybody that we should be keeping our eye on with that? Or is it is it a runaway winner? Or is it going to be one of those that it could go anywhere?
2: Uh, I think half and half. I, th- I think you've said about, I think in terms of men's, I think there is a more of a heavier favourite with Paweł Fadczek from Poland. He's a championship performer. He knows how to get the job done. We watched him win in London, Rob, at the Worlds. Um, we sat with Pol- his
0: coach. Can we, can we just part that? Yeah, out we, we did. We sat did yeah.
2: Um, unfortunately, our Polish isn't great, so we couldn't understand really what he was saying to him in terms of feedback. But uh, I think he's probably got to be a favourite for the men's. I mean, in terms of women's hammer, um, I think it's up for grabs. I think all three medals are up for grabs. I think uh, in terms of a little prediction, it might be Deanna Price from USA to take the gold. Anita to check the world record holder for the silver, and then um, bronze. I've gone for Cameron Rogers, who took the NCAA title. Uh, she's going to be going for Canada. Um, she threw uh, a PB in that NCAA championships to, to take the win by a good few meters. So I've gone for her for a, for a little surprise bronze, really in that. I would say. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think that for for the first time in a while, actually, in that women's hammer, um, it's it's not going to be a dominated eastern blocks or eastern european uh sort of medal rankings in terms of that women's hammer obviously we've seen the pole the polish ladies um dominating hammer for a while um obviously there's been the odd american as well but you know top three americans and uh are throwing 80 78 76 big big throws compared to some of the the more european athletes who I haven't seemed to be on, been on it as much this year and over the last couple of years, you know, so it's, it's, it's certainly going to be a bit of a tide change compared to usual on that.
0: It will all be very, very interesting to watch and any another event that you really need to be, you just need to be watching all the athletics. Can we just, just say, that, take the week off work, ruin your sleeping pattern and just let's go through the night and watch everything. Um, we're gonna we're gonna change it up again. We're gonna change it up again because we love changing it up again. We're gonna go away from the throws and we're gonna go to a bit of jumping now. However, we're gonna to go to pole vault and high jump. Uh, Xander, straight back to you. De Plantis, yes. Gold. I mean, that
2: happening <laughs> it I
1: get it. This is what I was referring to before. This is another one where you know he's 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 the one who's consistently jumping over six. He should be the one. Let's be honest. To go up there, but yet again, it's that brilliant athletic thing of if you get some wet conditions in, in pole vault, things can change, you know <laughs> you know, you just it, I mean, we, see, we have seen Duplantis jumping in Gateshead when he was chucking in down with rain and he still jumped decently high um, but you know, you've got the usual contenders of Kendricks and interestingly Le villainy is going and Le villainy the younger brother as well is going as well, but Renault Loville and he is going but he's before he went he actually had a bit of an ankle issue and he's publicly posted about the fact that he's had this ankle injury like a good couple only like a couple of weeks before the champs like flying out for the champs and he's um, you know he's he's gonna he's still coming back from that whether he'll be on top form or not is to be seen because obviously on the indoors he was well sorry not on the indoors but You know, recent form says that he is coming back again in terms of trying to get over that six-metre barrier. Whether he'll do it or not, not sure. Obviously, I think the winner has got to be a six-metre-plus jump. It's got to be, let's be honest. You think back to um, Rio when Thiago Braz won that brilliant final against Ronaldo Villani, that great tactical final from him. Um, It'll be interesting to see if, you know, Kendricks or um, Lovillenie, Kisilisek, whether they bring in a little bit of tactics in that pole vault final to try and put off Duplantis. You never know um, whether they skip heights or whether they sort of try and play with the head. But, you know, uh, form form says Duplantis, let's get a 6-18 jump, shall we? Let's try and uh, put a big one out there, get the win, see what we can do from there. Um, and then in terms of the women's pole vault, We have got some British uh, representation, Holly Bradshaw, who, I mean, she's, she has got every chance of getting a medal, let's be honest, she has, however, you know, you've got the, the Americans are pushing it out there again, Uh, you've got the likes of Sandy Morris and Naguet as well, who are consistently performing up at that sort of high four-meter range, Um, you've also got Sidorova as well, who won in Doha. Again, a high sort of 4.95 jumper. Um, it's another one where I'd like to think we'll get a five-meter jump in uh, in the final. I'd like to say we will because we've got the enough competitors there who are right up there in terms of the standings that we could get that sort of uh, height. And then again, it would just be down to the tactics. If Holly Bradshaw can have just a bit of steeliness about her and just, right, she can clear things first time and just do things right. We've seen a few times that Holly Bradshaw's just, when it comes to the champs, she she has crumbled a little bit when it comes to that crunch time. Hopefully not this time. Hopefully she'll push through and get that good result and maybe bring a bring home a, a medal for us. Hopefully,
0: hopefully, hopefully not this time. Speaking of British athletes and speaking of British pole vaulters, Scott. I want to pass this bit over to because one of your friends seems to have had a little bit of an incident whilst in Tokyo.
2: Yes, he has. He has. Um, I've. I, I received a message from one Harry Capel um, a few nights ago.
1: <laughs> one, um, Harry uh,
2: one, one Harry Capel. One Harry Capel. A few nights ago, and um, yeah, it, the, the the video itself just gave me nightmares that night. It was <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, um, it, was it was simply. Right, just... It was rather tough to watch that
0: video because I saw it later on social media.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably aware of what's happened if you've seen it on social media. He's made it onto the Daily Mail. He's made it onto the Eurosport website regarding this. Um, if you don't know, I'll, r- I'll rattle you through it. A few nights ago, Harry went out in Yokohama to have a late-night training session with his uh, his coach. And um, he was going over a bar. This, And you've got to think, pole vaulters, they must go over hundreds of bars every week in training, which must add up as months go by into thousands of bars. And you think... You know, Harry's been pole vaulting for at least 10 years. That's thousands and thousands of bars um, and hundreds of bars he must have caught. And then when he's landed on the mat, you know, they've come down towards you. It's a thing that happens in pole vault and you just catch it and push it away. He's gone over a bar and unfortunately he's caught it. He's landed on the mat. And as the bars come down, he's looked up to see it coming. So naturally, he's put his hands up to catch it. Unfortunately, uh, the bar has slipped through his fingers and smashed him in the mouth and unfortunately, it has not knocked out four of its teeth. Um, I'm sure if you've seen it on the social media, um, it's, it's caused quite a bit of damage, to be honest. I don't know what they're using for, for bars in, in Yokohama. It must be scaffolding poles. Um uh, <laughs> They must be that hard, um, but yeah, the the doctor from from Great Britain did the best job he could. Um, you know, trying to put them back in on the spot, help <laughs> they'd be attached. Um, he said he sent me a Snapchat, and it was. We are
0: sorry, by the way, just if you are like
2: listening, like, you're listening. You <laughs> yeah, well, I should mean, have maybe
1: put a little warning yeah, on
2: before we start talking. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, he uh, he sent me a Snapchat, and it was. It was a bit of a mess, shall we say. One of them one of them was very badly chipped. Um, and then as the couple of days went on, I was messaging him and he said, yeah, I've got to go to a, an emergency dentist tonight. The emergency dentist has taken one of them out, um, one that was completely unsavable. Uh, it was it was smashed beneath the gum, so he's had to take all the, the tooth out, the nerves out. Um, I think he's done his best. The, the dentist has done a pretty good job from what I've recently heard, um, sorting out, the rest, one of them very badly chipped. Uh, he did say when he comes back, if it's not sorted, he would, once Tokyo is over, he's got time to go and go to a dentist, get it completely properly sorted. Um, but if, if I know Ari as well as I do, one thing that's not going to stop him is a bit of toothache. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's going to be gunning for that final. His, his aim is to make the final. And... Um, I don't think, you know, obviously he'd he'd love to medal. Who wouldn't want to get in a medal at at an Olympics? But um, I think his first aim is to make that final. And then once he does that, make the final, it's hey, lads, hey. It's, you know, as we said, unpredictable things can happen. No one would have predicted Thiago Braz to win in Rio. Um, Just looking at at the rankings, you know, you could could say that Ernest John Obiena, who's from the Philippines, you know, he's come out and jumped 587 recently. You know, all of a sudden he's... Put himself in contention for a medal. So I, th- I think we're going to see Mondo win, uh, but in terms to- Finally, it's hey hey say it's you know as we said, unpredictable things can happen. No one would have predicted Thiago Braz to win in Rio. um Just looking at, at the rankings, you know, you could you could say that Ernest John obiana who's from the Philippines, you know, he's come out and jumped five eighty seven recently. You know, he, all of a sudden he's put himself in contention for a medal. So I, th- I think we're going to see Mondo win. Uh, but in terms of Harry, I hope it doesn't <laughs> bother him too much i don't think it will to be honest he's got that sort of mindset you know a few smash teeth aren't going to stop him And um, with what he's been through to get to tokyo um it's been a long and winding road for mr pell since taking the world youth title um back in 2013 and i think with the the form he's in and with the heights he's capable of doing um if he can execute i was as he wants to and as he knows he can i think the final's going to be the for him to have a place in, definitely. Um, his training partner, Holly, Holly Bradshaw, as uh, in reference to what Xander said, you know, got she has She's got a full set of teeth. She's got a full set of teeth, which always helps, always <laughs> helps. Um, you know, especially if, if she's going to be on that podium, she's going to have a lovely smile. Um, so, <laughs> so I, th- I think we've, I think we've seen a different Holly Bradshaw, though, recently, you know, her performance at the British Champs was outstanding. Um, you know, she looks so, Confident and the heights that she achieved at the British champs as well to take the win. I think we're going to see Holly Bradshaw going out there with that steeliness, with determined that she's going to come away with a medal. And you know, maybe not just just the bronze. She's going out there for a gold medal. And if and if she's in contention as the bar goes up, why not aim for the win? I think she's definitely definitely in the best best shape of her life, and probably in the best shape of her life mentally as well with how confident she looked at the champs to take a medal. Um. Here at the PB Podcast, we're always looking to innovate, as we said, prior to this recording. And we have come up collectively with an idea for Harry Capel Um, in terms of it. I think it would work well if you put it towards his sponsor. Um, And it could work well as a little trademark for him, um, especially if there's going to be a statue going up in in his old town where he grew up. And that is that if he puts it to his sponsor that he is to vault in a gum shield from now on... (laughs) I think that would be a fantastic opportunity to then get the merchandise out with branded gum shields, branded pole vault gum shields. Um, you know, nobody else is doing that. And I think as well, if we could have a little hashtag PB podcast on there as well, I think that would be a fantastic, you know, link up. Um, not to, giving any ideas, of course, uh, but, you know, it's just just a little Thing you know, maybe a bit of protection, bit of a trademark, you know.
1: You know, but P- purple gum shield looks spot on, really, doesn't it? Purple gum shield with yellow writing would look the business. Yeah, just say,
0: outstanding. So, can I just say, we've got two brilliant marketing ideas. We've got a purple gum shield with yellow writing of the PB podcast for Mister Capel to stop him having more accidents with scaffolding poles at the Olympics, <laughs> and Grant Holloway blow away t-shirts, which are also available in purple and yellow. Um, We'll him, I'm sure we can get him so I'm sure Grant will be well up for that
2: and in failing that over the winter Harry you need to learn to catch <laughs> well the
0: rugby season runs over winter <laughs> train him to catch if he wants I'm happy to do that uh, speaking of the other other jumps high
1: jump Xander uh, who should we keep be keeping our eye on our PB podcast favourite Javon Harrison once See? again uh, again he well he, he's done the amazing feat of qualifying for the high jump and for the long jump which is incredible Um, and he's to be honest he's a he could be in contention for a medal in both um yeah it's it's long jump it will be interesting to see how he challenges himself across the two events obviously there's qualifying for both um and therefore then final for both See, see how he gets on with it um in terms of I think medalist in, in the in the men's long jumper that is uh, I think Eshavaria should be up there and we've seen and we mentioned before uh, Tentoglu has been putting some really good consistent jumps out over that sort of 8.30 barrier so that should be a quite an interesting one and then then in terms of who gets third who knows um, it could be a very hopefully, it would be interesting to see Javon Harrison get that and um, in terms of the women's, um, you've got the likes of Mahambo, who has obviously got the outstanding PB of seven thirty, uh, which is you know bigger than most other people. It, it, well, most of the other women in in that competition. But as we saw in Doha, yeah, she she was ahead. But we've seen at the European champs indoors this year, she's a bit off the boil in terms of getting that over that seven meter barrier cons- consistently. So, you know, Marina Beck could be another one who again just sneaks in to get a good a good uh, good distance and, and a medal in that event and then you've got obviously the the, uh, the americans who um can always i mean we've got uh the interesting one of uh i'm trying to remember her name now who young girl who has been absolutely blitzing i think we have mentioned her in the podcast before um that's the one tara davis who has been jumping incredibly well. She's still at university. I think she's only first or second year at university. And she's been uh, jumping over seven metres and could be one who could out jump Brittany Reese in terms of that event. So, you know, it would be great to see someone other than the Americans up there. As, as we said, in most of the sort of runs and stuff, the Americans are going to be up there. Let's see if we can uh, have some European showing. Hopefully we can't. Scott, is there anybody that you think in,
0: in any of the other jumps that we should be should be keeping our eyes on?
2: Uh, I, again, women's long jump. but there's, there's a bit of British interest in there with Jasmine Sawyers. I think I think Jasmine Sawyer's in is in the in the you know in pretty good form. I think she's in some of the better form we've seen her in throughout the entirety of her senior career. To be honest, so I think she's going to be going out there trying to get into the final. Um, I think she's got her best opportunity. For a long time as well after taking the british title in quite impressive form um i think in in the triple jump as well um another another event the triple jump in men's and women's lots of diverse nations um lots of different nationalities in with the show uh, of making it to the final i think for the men's triple jump i'm going to go for the world indoor record holder hughes fabrice zango from Burkina faso um coached by former world indoor record holder teddy tango um, I think he's going to go out there, take it to the Americans and snatch the gold from them. Obviously, there's there's Will Clay in the uh, a proven championship performer, who's probably going to be his main competition. I'm not sure if Christian Taylor is going out there as well. If, if Christian Taylor is, he's probably not in the form we've seen him in over recent years. Um, but I'm going to go for Hughes, Fabrice, Zangra. And what a story that would be, a goal for, for Burkina Faso. Um, women's triple jump. Again, lots of diverse nations, but the, the one who's leading the world with a, a bit of an, an arm, got everybody else at an arm's length really, is Rojas from Venezuela. Am I correct yeah, there? Yeah. Venezuela from Venezuela. She's got, she's got very close to the world record, and it's quite an old world record that now. Um, and she's got very, very close to it. She's probably slightly head and shoulders above everybody else, but again... In triple jump, you know, there's a bit more to go wrong than there is in long jump. Um, first of all, you've got to get through qualification. We've seen previously at, at championships where the tracks are brand new; they're very, very fast uh, because they're brand new. So sometimes you can jump onto that runway, might you run up out, and you're taking off down down the runway at what you think is your usual pace, and you start fouling. Because you're, you're moving down the track quicker than you used to because it's a brand new, very fast surface. And just like at London 2012 and previous Olympics, I think this will be an extremely fast surface um, on this Mondo track. So, again, I, th- I think if all goes well in qualification, I think we'll see a goal for Venezuela. Hopefully, hopefully a world record.
0: Hopefully. I mean, who doesn't love a world record? We all love world record here, especially on the PB podcast. Now, Zad, I did see you looking up and it looked like the cogs were turning there and the brain was thinking, are there any last thoughts from you?
1: Oh, yeah. A big shout out to Abby Rosaru as well, who's uh, going in the women's long jump. Sale Harrier at Manchester, born and bred. It'd be great to see her get to the final as well and uh, hopefully ruffle some feathers. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, we
0: are coming very much to the end of this podcast and there's so much athletics to talk about. And there probably are people that we've not spoken about. There are a lot of British athletes that we've probably missed because there's so much to talk about. Uh, There's other events that we've not covered. I know we've not covered the 10,000 metres, the marathon, the steeplechases. There's just so much to fit in in one hour. Uh, Before we go, though, Xander, any last thoughts for anything that the, the, the listener should be looking out for in the athletics at the Olympics?
1: Grant Holloway, blow away.
0: Brant Holloway, Blowway and Scott, any last uh, bits from you?
2: Probably um, the new Stetson that's going to be sported by Ryan Crozer when he likely stands on top of the podium. <laughs> he's, uh, he's bought a brand new one for the Tokyo Olympics. So, uh, is, it, yeah. is it purple and does it
0: have the PB podcast written on it?
2: No, it doesn't. Send the tweet
1: it, now. Send the tweet wow.
0: now. Let's get another marketing point. So, like we've been saying all the way through this podcast, there is so much to... Uh, To consume in the 10 days uh, that you've got of the athletics at the olympics it starts next friday the 30th of of july uh, and it it will run on until uh, monday the 9th of august or tuesday the 10th of august i can't quite remember but if you go on the olympics.com website it gives you the full rundown of um of everything that you can watch or when you should expect it when there's going to be a medal given out so when you've got finals and if you have got the week off and you want to completely ruin your sleeping pattern you're going to get up and watch them early morning sessions, uh, we take our hearts off to you. Uh, we'd like to say good luck to all the British athletes that have gone out there and good luck to everybody who is, is there competing in athletics. We wish you the very, very best. Give you our very, very best. Let's have some world records. Hopefully, pole vaults don't attack you in the face anymore. That would be very, very nice if that doesn't happen. Um, if you want to go back and listen to all the other PB podcasts that we've done to find out how, why we're talking about Grant Holloway so much, why we're talking about Vetta so much, why Ryan Crowder has got us on the edge of our seat. Uh, you can do that on Spotify. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so you can catch us on there as well. Find the rest of our podcasts, and uh, you've been listening to myself, Robert Lee. I've been joined by Xander and Scott. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for taking the time out of this. Your hot and bothering Sunday evening and you know let's all look forward to the Olympics and it's great that it's going ahead but you have been listening to the PB Podcast